VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Shock Factor Podcast. And boy, is it a doozy. Is it a bummer? I'm joined by Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman, which is not a bummer. Um, Always good to see them. How are we doing, fellas? I'm good, Steve. I am not a national champion, but I am on a Zoom call with someone who is surrounded or last night was surrounded by many of them. Yes, and Steve, it is so good to see you as always. This will be the season finale of season two of the Shock Factor podcast. Jake and I, it feels like we haven't been in Omaha in a lifetime. Steve, it feels like has spent his entire life in Omaha (laughs) since we last (laughs) saw him. I believe he's finally returning home later today as we record this on Tuesday afternoon. But yes, LSU is the... Are your are your national champions? Um, they, they are, are the, the they're the they won. We don't won't, won't say who's claiming them, and we're going to talk about it on this final episode of the season. Steve, it's so good to see you. First of all, let's let's just get straight straight to it. Steve, when did you go to bed last night, and when do you think LSU went to bed last night? Because as we have established <laughs> earlier on in our time in Omaha, we shared a hotel with the with the LSU Tigers, so it was a very convenient for you to be there with them. So what's your sense for the LSU bedtime and uh, what's the sense for your personal bedtime? <laughs> My personal bedtime was around 2.30 to 3 a.m. Not not entirely certain. Um, I, I got a text message from a player. I'll keep anonymous, so I won't, I won't blast anyone. At around 4.37 a.m., I believe, was the official timestamp on it. So I feel like that's a, hey, wrapping up, checking my phone. We'll fire off its text to the guy who tweets about us and then go to bed. So, Steve, I don't know honored. if that's putting anybody on blast. They won the national championship. There is no class tomorrow <laughs> or practice. They can be up as late as they damn well but, please. But either way, I think it is helpful, Steve, to write, to give us a, a rough sense for, for how, how late they were going. Although I'm already seeing tweets from Coach Jay Johnson that they are back. In, in Baton Rouge. So in uh, some way, they managed to get to an airplane and fly back to Louisiana in the last 12 hours, which is pretty <laughs> impressive. Go ahead, Jake. Let's, yeah, let's make our, work our way backwards, okay? The, the thing you got to know, LSU won. They lost the second game by a billion runs. They won the last game by a billion runs. They won the first game very slimly. But I want to fast forward, Steve, to the party afterwards in the hotel. Can you paint a picture for me from the last out that LSU recorded until you went to bed? Last out's recorded. I'm in the media tunnel. Um, I was going to help the grounds crew put out some of the stage just because it's a lot of stage to put out in a quick time. And I was ready to do that. But 
unfortunately, there's rules that I have to adhere to, and I got kicked to the back of the media line, which kind of stunk, but I understand. Uh, the grounds crew did a great job of getting the getting the stage out there. Very sturdy stage. Got it out within like five minutes. It was a very quick process. Um, and then I go into the field, watch the confetti go off, watch the celebrations ensue, watch everybody who's so happy just just to be there, just to be alive, enjoying the moment. It's really fun to be around that energy. So I just kind of take that in. And then I interviewed, of course, got to talk to Riley Cooper and Jordan Thompson about their experiences here in Omaha because they both did awesome. And I, I was really happy for the both of them. And then, of course, Coach Wanaka, the first base coach, I spoke with him about you know how it feels to get covered in Powerade that's freezing cold here in Omaha. Uh, spoiler alert, he loved it. Um, and shared a great message about having fun with baseball because there's no point in playing baseball unless you're going to have fun. Then I rushed back to the hotel because I know it's going to be anarchy. And anarchy ensued. I don't know how many people were in there. My guess is like 500, 600, like a lot. In the lobby. Oh, yeah, in the lobby. Oh, also, I forgot to mention at the field in the, in the clubhouse, um, Dylan Cruz had bought cigars after game two for the whole team. I, I believe his, do- his dad got them. And so they had those in the locker room. So they immediately went and got those. And Steve. Yeah. So that was interesting. Let me, let me pause you there. Um, what you're saying is that after losing by 5,000 runs on Sunday, Mr. Cruz was still like, we're getting our victory cigars. Is that right? Which I, I respect the hell out of it. And it was a great move, but I just love, I love that. That's how you respond to getting your ass whooped in game two. Yeah. They like, they had no doubt that they were going to win. Like just their confidence and talking to a few of the players in the lobby after the stinker game against Florida in game two, where things didn't really go their way. None of them were like, Oh yeah, no, we're, we're worried. Like they were just like, okay, well, guess we'll win it at night um <laughs> which i i respect because winning at nighttime is so much cooler than winning agree in daytime because then it, then it's like you go straight to the bars oh, yeah. um you can be in your uniform still and it's like okay makes sense um but i like winning during the day it's kind of just like it gives me the sunday scaries you know yeah. where it's just like uh now we gotta go back to reality and you spend like four hours before like celebrating and it, it, it's just weird. So it was cool to see them win at night. It was cool to see the fans show out to welcome them to the hotel. And it was cool to see the players, uh, you know, having, having the time of their lives. So how hard yeah. was it to get a beer? Um, pretty difficult, I would say. But if you have a rapport, I've been, I've been at this bar every night for two weeks straight. So, uh, there, there were some connections made that did express ex- expedite the beer getting process for That's sure. Good. Um, but I would say it probably took like 30 minutes. Wow. If, so if what about if I was, in. what if I was say Cade Beloso, how long did it take me to get a beer? I, uh, I'm pretty sure someone, as soon as he walked into the hotel, there were people handing him beers. So <laughs> just making sure literally things were taken care of. Yeah, yeah, he was well taken care of, for sure. So, Steve, I think – now, I don't think we necessarily need to go into the the nitty-gritty of the two blowouts uh, in games two and three, although it does feel so funny to to not forget how good game one was. I mean, game one was was absolutely sensational and was more in line with what we saw over the course of Omaha. 
I mean, this was just a ridiculous number of close games, and that's what it felt like we were still headed for before we got our back-to-back blowouts. The one part of Game 3 I really want to focus on, and just the element, because I think this was the biggest story going into the game, and I want to know your perspective in the stadium, was Mr. Skeens. Ever heard of him? Steve, you know about Paul Paul Skeens? Yeah, I've heard rumors. Yeah, so Um, I want to kind of get into what the sense was in the stadium for the likelihood that he would pitch. Now, ultimately, they're up by so much, it doesn't really matter. But I want you to describe him going out to the bullpen and something that you didn't necessarily see. And I guess, Jake, you missed also because you were coaching is that in the early parts of the game, they basically had like this hidden camera in the tunnel, like in the batting cages that was like showing Skeens, like putting his spikes on. And then at some point, KP was like, "Uh, it seems that we do not have access to that camera anymore. And suggested that they like covered it up because they didn't want them seeing it. <laughs> I I want I want both of your opinions on just like how this whole Skeens thing was managed because I am fascinated by it and I think that it, it all worked out for the best. Of course, we didn't have to deal with the discourse of Skeens on three days rest after how many pitches, blah 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 blah. But I am I also like the idea that the whole plan all along was just to send him out there to scare the shit out of Florida. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's definitely true. And he was actually throwing in the eighth and ninth, even up by eight and nine runs. But there's something about that to watch him even go out there that I have to imagine at least played some sort of uh, impact on the psyche of Florida in the later half of the game. Obviously the game got away from them anyway, but Steve, tell me about what it was like when Skeens went out to the bullpen and just kind of the discussion around him leading up to the game and during the game. Yeah, so a lot of people had just kind of assumed, you know, Thatcher Hurd would start and Skeens would be in relief, Um, which, you know, a lot of people might be like, oh, three days rest. That's so bad. Why would you ever do that? Starting pitchers throw bullpens every like three days um, that they aren't throwing in games. And he has the talent where he could go out there and just throw a simple bullpen, just like a short box touch and feel sort of thing and collect a whole lot of outs. So I'm not really too concerned about that for him, but. Uh, it, just like the excitement around him going to the bullpen was so cool. Like I, I can't, as someone who threw a lot of bullpens that were just like warming up and touch and feel and keeping my shit crisp with no fans around cheering and excited about it. I can't imagine how awesome it felt walking out and just being like, yeah, that that's the show is here. Like, there's a game going on right there, but no one's looking at that. No one cares. Here's, like everybody would rather see my bullpen. Here's right the other element of this that I have been meaning to bring up for all of Omaha. And I want to bring up the, the reverse of this, which is that one of the great things about college baseball uh, in particular is guys running down to the bullpen when shit's going wrong. <laughs> and so that is just such a unique thing because in the big leagues, Everyone walks down together after the top of the first, right? That's pretty much how it works. Whereas in college, you're and you correct me if I'm wrong, but generally you're hanging out in the dugout until you're really needed. But the 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 opposite of it is like when the starter's melting down and someone has to go out there earlier than they expect. That oh shit, is, shit, 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 yeah, shit, shit. <laughs> it's like a totally different energy. But this was the reverse. This was like, oh yeah, we, we go out there. And by the way, we have to mention, I mean, Thatcher Heard was phenomenal. Amazing postseason run for him. He was great. Very cool to see that. I know we got to see Riley Cooper and, and Gidry were good too, but I just thought that that is a, a unique thing for Skeens to kind of take that walk out. Um, that was that was really really cool. So 
Um, Jake, did you have any thoughts on all the, the how Skeens was handled and how that all went about? I am so happy he did not pitch and that we did not have to argue about it. It would have been great to see him pitch. I think what I would have done if you wanted him to pitch would to ha- just have him do the first two innings. Like if you mm. want to do the middle ground and keep him on his routine, then he gets his whole warm up. He's not rushing. He throws two full frames and then you get him out of there. Yeah. That's what I think would, that would have been totally legitimate. Mm-hmm. Now that would have robbed us of any drama of him going down to the pen. Right. When they send him down to the pen, I, it, it felt like malpractice, right? It felt like this was like, if you're up 14 runs, I know they weren't at that point. If you're up 14 runs and you put this kid in and he pops like, Wow. Like, I mean, no, that's so up, bad. Yeah, right? at that point, they're up, they were up I think, eight, eight. I think. Yeah, eight. And so him going out of the pen is really just for the vibes, which right. I respect the hell out of. <laughs> right. It was great theater. It was it was very great theater. But we didn't see Skeens. I mean, LSU on offense in this game, I mean, it was everybody. I mean, we got, you know, we got, uh, we got a freaking Josh Pearson homer. You know, Joe Bear's got four hits, and Cruz has four hits, and Tommy White has four hits, and – it was the whole the whole shebang. Um, the other big moment, of course, unfortunately, was Alex Malazzo getting injured, and mm-hmm. then him getting the, the the piggyback ride to the dog pile, which was just exquisite, just all around. I mean, it was one of those moments where I was like, "Wow!" And I ended up, you know, recording the TV. A rare moment where I'm going to record the TV because I'm like, "This is just too good. I'm not going to ignore this." And I know that Steve is literally on the field, and if Steve was at home, he would have already gotten this tweeted with a shot on his phone. So I I had to channel my big donkey forty seven and get that online as soon as possible. Uh, but that was a very cool moment, and I know. <laughs> Uh, you you got to talk to Alex a little bit, and he he's great too. Because th- those are the guys. I mean, listen, Skeens is amazing, Cruz is amazing, whatever. Tommy White, all these guys, but like Alex Malazzo, who is, I mean, this kid's like from Baton Rouge, I believe. Like he is as 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 you know well, as homegrown as it gets. There are really like I think there are two or three different types of players. This is an oversimplification on the LSU roster. Mm-hmm. There are professional baseball players who happen to be in college. Right. That is white. That is Skeens. That is Cruz. That is probably Paxton Kling to an extent. Right. Guys who could have gone to any school in the country are not from Louisiana. Jared Jones. Yep. Jared Jones and ended up at this place because it is the best because it is the powerhouse. Then you have the lifers. Right. Then you have these lifelong LSU fans from Louisiana who are born and raised diehards because of this place Mm -hmm. and it matters to them. And they have been dreaming about wearing the purple and gold ever since they were a kid. Yes. I remember asking, who was I talking to about this? I remember asking a kid from Lafayette Mm -hmm. might've been Mikey Matuk. Oh, maybe I think is from Lafayette when we were drinking with him. Like, did you ever think about going to Lafayette? And he was like, no, like, even if you're from Lafayette, doesn't matter where you're from in Louisiana, like, you dream of going to Ellison, you dream of playing there. And for those guys like Beloso and Dugas and, mm-hmm. Dugas and Joe Bear mm-hmm. and Malazzo. Yep. Malazzo and Travinsky, who I yep. know is f- from kind of northern Louisiana, for those guys, this is a dream realized that I don't have a cynical bone in my body. I don't no. think, and I think like those two things are obviously grouped together, but they are separate. You can view them separately. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March Spring Sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Stop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high. And here's the other thing I want to bring it and kick it to Steve here is Jay Johnson in particular. Because we talked on the last show about how Jay Johnson has taken advantage of the portal and this new era of college baseball to kind of an absurd degree, but like, hey, don't hate the don't hate the player, hate the game. At the same time, my sense, and you could see it after the game and just all throughout the season, is he the players freaking love him. Like, and that includes the guys that have been there since the beginning and the guys that he brought in from the portal from all over the country. All of them clearly love playing for him and being a part of this special team that there's a whole reason he came. It's like, yeah, of course. And so I have to respect the degree to which he has kind of cultivated this, this group in a very impressive way. Um, now they won because they have some of the, a lot of the best players in the country. It's not that complicated, <laughs> but, but to your point, Jake, it, a lot of things can be true at the same time. So Steve, I want to kind of kick it to you too, for like, as you felt like, did you sense that on the field after the game? kind of how close that group was, even though there, of course, were some <laughs> mercenaries, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just like, it was so surreal to see it. And like, I didn't tweet about this or record it because, you know, it's a family moment, but like seeing Coach Johnson's family on the field and like how much this meant to them was really cool. Like I was standing behind his dad and he was just like, hugging his family going I'm so proud of him and like that, that it was such a touching and like pure baseball moment that was so cool and like you could just really feel how much being at LSU means to every everyone involved like of course the contract's fun and the money's cool and having the best players is dope but at the end of the day like how appreciative they are for what they have you, you can feel that and you can see that like he, he didn't just come to LSU and go, okay, this is Jay Johnson's program now, and I'm the coach, and this is how things are going to go. He came in and goes, this is LSU baseball, and I coach here. Like, I there's a culture that is here that has been the precedent for years, and I am going to become a part of that culture and help grow that culture, but I'm not going to completely change that. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it be as it is, and I'm going to respect the fact that LSU is LSU. And the reason these people and these fans love it so much 
is just that hard-nosed baseball that they all play and how much passion they have for the game. That's that is a great way to put it, Steven. By the way, Trey Morgan, who we haven't mentioned yet, he also fits into that. Oh my God, you know, yeah. Louisiana life. Or like, so cool to see him, and also just to think about that 2021 team, right? In Jay Johnson's first year, um, where it was, yeah, that was Jay Johnson's first year, right? Or no, I guess last year was his first year. Um, but yeah, because in 2021 he was with Arizona. With Arizona still, yeah. So, but I but I still think about that 2021 team and and, and last year's team too where it was just kind of this incongruent, like it had all these weird pieces of a lot of talent, but it just did not come together. And I think that's a good transition to just like putting a bow on this season, particularly for LSU, where they come in as just like this obvious powerhouse favorite, you know, all-star team, whatever. And they did it. But like how they got there was in a very unique way. You knew they couldn't win just with these three players. <laughs> with Sorry, referring to White, Cruz, and Skeens. And at times they kind of were winning with those three guys. Like those I think were... Morgan Morgan belongs yeah, in that group. He was Morgan spectacular sure. all year. Yeah, totally. But but I guess when you when you do see how they actually made it this far and came back from some of the games where they lost, they needed more than just those guys, and uh, that was what what kind of kind of got them there. And, and it is well, cool. they needed. Like, let me yeah. just say they needed more than just those guys, but it was more of the pitching side. Totally, because the totally. number one reason LSU won the College World Series is because their pitchers, not named Paul Skeens, stepped up when they needed to. Oh, yeah. Heading into this tournament, we were like, we don't believe enough in the second line of pitchers to pick LSU. We all said that and agreed on it, right? A lot of people did, in, right? A lot Absolutely. of people did. Ackenhausen and Hurd and Ty Floyd and Dugas and, you know, Riley Cooper, who I thought sucked. Like, heading into this, I was like, he's going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. I was flat out wrong. And I think they showed up when it mattered, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was quite quite the group that that kind of came together. So like, and even Jay Johnson said that like it didn't make them an underdog. Um, they, you know, it's not like this is a shocking result, regardless. Because it, it here's here's the way I look at it. Sure, we were skeptical on that front, but also. We've seen way less talented teams <laughs> win it all not that long ago. And so to see them come out on top, not the most shocking thing in the world, but still cool. And also the other thing about it that I do think is impressive is the fact that we knew not that they're not going to be good again next year because I'm sure they'll crush the portal and all these recruits are great. But like this was the only year in which they had the top two picks in the draft. This was their chance to play a college baseball season with two potential future MLB All-Stars <laughs> leading their team, right? This was always going to be the only chance for that. And so to take that opportunity and win the College World Series is pretty freaking sweet because, again, you, you don't get those opportunities very often. And, and honestly, not to go out of my way to dunk on it, but like the, I think about Wake in that sense too and the amount of talent they had on this Wake team and why the pressure was on them to kind of make it happen. They had an amazing run, an amazing season, but that's why it's so impressive to actually seal the deal and actually get it done when you do have everyone that you're supposed to have. So I think that that is um, especially impressive. Uh, Steven Schock, hello. Hey. You have been in Omaha for your entire life now. It's been You went to the zoo mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, I believe. You've you're, done everything there is. So you went to Rosenblatt. Go ahead, Jake. You're basically Kyle Peterson now. Yeah, you are you're the yeah. mayor. Kyle has been... KP has been dethroned. Uh, Steve, as you depart Omaha here in a few hours, what will what will sustain with you? What memories from this tournament 
or this season, as we really kind of wrap up this year on the Shock Factor podcast, will stick with you uh, the longest. Oh, man. To reflect on the season, I need a couple of days to get a good answer for that. Totally it's just so much has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Omaha-wise, going to remember the owl from the zoo. He's one of my favorites. Um, when I went to see the penguins, there were all these penguins hanging out, and there was one just staring at the wall. Going to think about him often. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, that's going to weigh on me. I'm going to think about Riley Cooper, mm-hmm. and I, I think he got snubbed. I think he was one of the most valuable players. And I think that should have been noted Um, just because, I mean, one win and three saves in Omaha, that's pretty good. Ridiculous. Those are pretty good numbers. And, you know, I get it. Paul Paul pitched that game that they really needed to win, and he did very well. But Coop's a good guy. So I'm going to think about him often. I'll think about how much fun I had with the Wake Forest team. I'll think about how nice Brock Wilkin was to all the fans out here. Mm -hmm. And I will be following his career because he's a nice guy. Finally, um, a major leaguer that you're going to actually pay attention to. That's exciting yeah, stuff. He's, which, he's given me a change of heart. Which, Steve, TBT, remember when Virginia was at the College World Series? That was like Oh, my ago. goodness. I, I remember when they were here. Um, I remember seeing their smiling, beautiful faces. Oh, shagging BP on the field. Not catching a fly ball, but being there was fun. Mm-hmm. Had a blast. Mm-hmm. That feels like it was back in April. Um, <laughs> but no, there's just so much that I'm going to take yeah. with me. Of course, just appreciation for the amount of fans that have been out here, the amount of people I've been fortunate enough to meet, whether it's players, parents, families, or fans, just taking in the whole Omaha experience. Cause it's really so much fun. And like, I can't wait to go home because I need to just decompress and unpack all the memories that have been added to my brain recently. And uh, Steve, uh, pretty sure you have some hats to make. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of hats to make. We're gonna get on that. Hats will be out soon. <laughs> hats, hats are coming. The Big Donkey brand is strong. By the way, Florida also like we're glossing over Wyatt Langford. Holy shit! Oh my God, Wyatt Langford, <laughs> Jack Caglione, you know, sets the BB Core record. Um, there was a lot of great stuff uh, for Florida this season. They. they have plenty to be proud of. Uh, Jake, your your uh, lasting memories from uh, again, it's not really fair to to compress it all into this brief little snippet. But anything specifically from specifically from this College World Series that will stick with you? We were so fortunate how good these games were. Oh man, yeah. I mean, every single game was a banger. First eight games, the eight that I got to go to, six of them were one run games. One of those two-run games was the Skeens against Tennessee game, mm-hmm. and the other one was the Kevin Sullivan, Oral Roberts forgetting how many mound visits there were. <laughs> so it was like classics everywhere. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has since hopped back into the world of MLB and watched Major League Baseball, it does not taste the same, okay? It's like going on vacation to a country with a great cuisine – and then coming back to America and eating that cuisine, and it just doesn't have the same spice mix. You know what I mean? College baseball on the field is more entertaining. Like, the pomp and circumstance of the MLB World Series is unmatched, right? And the intensity of that and the level of play is incredible, and the players are better. But as far as the passion on the field, as far as the style of play, the strategy of it, the wild, weird shit that could happen... And the unpredictability, I love this sport, and I love this part of it. Yep. 
Amen. And uh, we feel very fortunate to get to join uh, Mr. Donkey 47 on this journey. Steve, it has been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to do another college baseball season with you. We are very grateful to the entire D1Baseball.com uh, crew, um, of course, led by, by the fearless KP. But Mike Rooney and Aaron Fitt and Kendall Rogers, Joe Healy, what a rock star. All these guys have just been so good to us. And uh, we, are, we are very lucky to be able to, to kind of glom on to their incredibly impressive operation. So, uh, Stephen Schock, you are a, an incredible uh, representative and uh, what's, I don't know, ambassador for the sport. People are very lucky to have you um, in Omaha. I think Omaha is better when Stephen Schock is in it. And I hope that continues to be true for years to come. And I know the zoo feels the same way. Uh, so <laughs> we gotta make sure we gotta keep bringing you back. Uh, but Steve, uh, we hey maybe we'll do a pod at some point this summer when all the players change teams. Um, but uh, until until then, I think uh, we'll let Steve close us out here uh, on another fantastic season of the Shock Factor. So Steve, let's let's say goodbye. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, goodbyes are never easy, but sometimes they don't have to be hard. I mean, you can still follow me on Twitter. Like I'm, I'm alive. We're, we're still kicking it. We're still going to be doing stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. College baseball was definitely rad this season and the fans made it even radder. It is way cooler when people are tuning in, um, games. I was talking to people here in Omaha about going to Creighton games when, you know, just some of the locals going to Creighton games when it's not the College World Series. Oh, man. It, it sounds weird without fans here. It, it doesn't feel right. And not to say that Creighton doesn't have fans, but they aren't selling out every game like the College World Series is. And so um, I will miss you, college baseball, but don't you worry. I'm going to be right here waiting and always watching. Always watching. Going to make sure. And also, thank you to the Atlantic Ocean for making this possible. Uh, really stepped up, had a big year. Um, lots of things went down, lots of things went up, you know, and it's the Atlantic Ocean. Thank you, guys. Could the Atlantic Ocean be in the transfer portal? Tune in next season to find out where all that water ends up. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Bye, Steve. Bye, Steve. Bye. The Shock Factor Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March Spring Sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Stop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.